Thanks for pressing play on the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you how to build your dream job while keeping your day job. I'm the show's executive producer and co-host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Third Shift Entrepreneur with a knack for boxing, social impact, and podcasting. In this episode, Todd and I discuss micro-movements and the limits of binary thinking. Todd shares insight on how to achieve small wins as opposed to dramatic overtures. Small wins help you build confidence, drive momentum, and get you one step closer to building that dream job. No more excuses. It's time to get to work. Let's go. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Connor, and you are listening to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about keeping your job, but creating your dream. And that sounds aspirational, but we really think and we know that starting a business does not need to be a high risk proposition. In fact, it shouldn't be. There's smart ways to do this. And we're talking about how to unlock your entrepreneurial dreams, your potential, your big idea while keeping your baseline. And I'm along here with my friend, my battle buddy, uh, my co-host, Mike Steven. Mike, what's going on, brother? What's going on, Todd? Just enjoying being a third shift entrepreneur. You know, I taught a boxing class. I actually taught a boxing class this morning, uh, right off the bat, probably like 11 a.m., um, that I got some other stuff I got to do this afternoon, but uh, super excited to jump on here and keep sharing these words of wisdom and this knowledge with our audience, because I really do believe in this third shift movement. I want to see more people succeeding in entrepreneurship instead of, you know, rushing into failure. You know, what's so funny is that when we started this uh, Bunker Labs, you know, the the organization that helps military veterans and military spouses six years ago, I, I had started a couple of businesses, but I never was really, I never really understood, frankly, uh, or wasn't really connected with the whole incubator and accelerator scene. Uh, and definitely didn't understand venture capital uh, or angel investors or how to find those folks or get money from those folks. Like I'd heard these things, but I never really understood it. Uh, but I, you know, I say that having gone to business school, you know, having gone to the University of Chicago, having majored, studied entrepreneurship. Um, but I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, dude, I'm like a basic dude. You know, I'm like, I see these like fancy spreadsheets. I hear about venture capital. I hear about Silicon Valley. And I felt like that was something that other people were doing. But I was just off doing my little thing, which, by the way, like was, you know, a consulting business that was six figures that was like doing pretty good by my standards. I was like, Hey, this is great. But I never thought of myself as like an entrepreneur. I always felt of myself as just like someone who was out there with clients. Um, and as I took a lap around these last six years, looked at accelerators and incubators. Now I've been to Silicon Valley several times. I've talked to tons of venture capitalists. Now that I understand how the, the sort of the game gets played, I really feel like we have just missed the conversation about how most people can actually get out there and start stuff. And, and for a lot of people, it does not require outside capital. Uh, and that starting a business is not the same as, you know, joining an accelerator it doesn't have to be the same as, you know, getting into a prestigious, you know, incubation program. Uh, it doesn't have to mean, you know, paying for co-working space. It's really about building something on the nights and weekends that people need, you know? And uh, so anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but I just, I think, I think people have become intimidated by entrepreneurship because we've framed it in a way that that is intimidating, you know, with pitch decks and it, it's the whole permission to play kind of, you know, ethos of entrepreneurship. And I think we've just gotten it wrong. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I don't think you're rambling. I think this is great. I think, you know, a lot of people are on the outside looking in. 
you know, they're on the outside looking in and business and entrepreneurship and finance. And we hype this thing up. Like if you have to have all these credentials or you can't play and then you launch your venture and you realize, man, I mean, you talk about this thought, everyone's making it up. No one's going to admit it to you, but everyone is making it up. Some people just have a little bit more runway than others because they raised a bunch of money, but make no mistake about it, man. We're all in this. Everybody's trying to figure it out. The longer you stay alive, the better you get and the sharper you get. I know. And the, the, the things that we see that I think we think are success are often like the trappings of success, but maybe not the real deal, you know? So like raising money is, it's a milestone, but it's not success. You know, that just means you owe, that just means you owe people money. (laughs) I mean, raising money means you owe people money. And by the way, they're going to, you're going to pay them more than they gave you. That's how that works. Um, You know, pitch competitions are sort of, cool. It's a chance to practice your idea. Pitch decks are cool, but it's, it's not the same as getting customers. It's not the same as getting revenue. And if you can get out there and get revenue, you're winning the game. That's the game that matters. I've won a couple pitch competitions. You better believe when I get that client though, that is a chest bump, man. You're just like on top of the world. There's nothing better than getting a, getting a client, getting somebody to pay you for your, your idea especially when you're like coming up with it in those third shift hours, late at night, early in the morning. And then just somebody validates it. And it's like, you're not crazy that somebody is willing to pay you to deliver this idea. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. But for the audience today, we got to encourage them how to start micro movements. Yeah. So, so this term micro movements, we're going to introduce this today, micro movements. And I, you know, there's a whole vernacular that, my team like makes fun of me because I have all these buzzwords that I use and <laughs> they don't know what half of them mean, but I use them enough that they start to have meaning. And micro movements is one of these terms where I, I think we make it so big, you know, it's like, ah, I want to have this big idea and I'm going to quit my job or I'm going to make this big announcement or I'm going to have this big reveal. Um, and there's kind of a, a theatrical nature of, you know, pitch competitions and, I mean, now no one's doing anything because we're, you know, in COVID lockdown, but, you know, historically it's been about standing up and giving like a perfect pitch and presentation. Uh, and I do think that standing up and talking about your ideas is absolutely relevant. I think that matters. Um, but we make it big, bigger in some cases than it needs to be. What I want to do is make this small. I want to make this whole conversation small, you know, so if you are in a job that is, you know, not your destiny, and you're like, man, I, I want to get out there and I want to start something. Let's st- let's take a micro movement, right? Like, let's stop thinking so big. Stop thinking about quitting and, you know, taking out all this money and doing this big thing. What would the small version of making progress look like? I would much rather see people take 100 small steps uh, than one giant leap. Because we've talked about entrepreneurship is like, take the leap. You know, and if you look at like the title of business books, it's like, the giant, you know, the big bet, you know, risk, the leap, you know, the parachute, uh, all this stuff. And it's about, in my mind, it's a hundred small steps. And the steps allow you to build sort of the laboratory where you can test ideas, you know, and then you can find out what people need and then you can build them what they need. You can do it for free just to find out that they actually need it, see how they use it and then wait for that to catch flight. And then somebody else is like, Hey, I saw what you did for her. Could you do it for me? Sure, I'll do it for you. And you you get that a few times and people begin to say like, hey, you know, you know, she's good at that. Uh, she's who you need to go to. 
and then a business follows. But a business is in many ways a lagging indicator of your ability to solve problems. Anybody can file an LLC. Anybody can launch a website. Like, but whether someone calls you because they need you to solve a specific problem or because they love that, you know, that, that uh, natural oil that you made or because they really, you know, like your restaurant, you know, that's different. And we can get to these things by taking small actions. It doesn't have to be big. I'm smiling. I'm cheesing as I'm talking because Todd knows I'm a brand guy, right? I'm all about Ironbound and video and stuff. But when I launch my side hustles, I haven't told anybody. <laughs> I just kind of do it and then something pops up, right? And I've just kind of learned, right? Like I've learned what really makes a business, which is somebody has to be, there has to be an exchange of something, mm-hmm. right? But a donor, if you start a nonprofit, somebody's willing to donate to your cause. You have a for-profit business selling a product or service. Somebody's willing to pay you for it. But I want to ask you, Todd, why are we so caught up in these dramatic overtures? Why does it have to be this big reveal? You know, like on on Facebook, when people are having a baby, they want to pop the It's like, look at what we're doing. Why do we have to do that with our business? Knowing damn well, we don't got a single paying client, but it's like, we have to do it. We have to change that LinkedIn profile or whatever. Yeah, I know. And it's, you know, some of it's actually cringeworthy. And I probably, by the way, I've made this mistake, you know, so I get it. Uh, and and I think sometimes we think that by having a big announcement, um, we're going to, that's what jumpstarts the business. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's certain businesses where that matters. Like, because I do think that when you go public, it, it does matter to go public. So like, if you run, if you want to run for office, then like, you got to say like, Hey, I'm running for office, you know? Uh, but the big announcement doesn't really matter. It's what you do after that, that matters. You know, and so the better strategy to your point is how are you racking up small wins and how are you doing it in such a way that you don't actually need to brag about it yet? Brag about what you've done versus announce what you're going to do. Far too many people are bragging about or they are they are announcing what they're going to do, but they're not like I'd much rather see people just bragging about what they've done. Hey, everybody, last few weeks, you know, you haven't known it, but I actually uh, have been uh, doing some uh, pro bono speech writing for some executives. And I want to I want to share three of the speeches that I wrote for for uh, for uh, leaders at these three different insurance companies. Or this one diff- this one insurance company, which, by the way, I've done that before, you know, and like share that. And people are like, oh, wow, no kidding. Like you wrote a speech for this guy. Like, okay, oh, that's interesting. I don't know you did that, but like I have someone over here that needs that. You know, and so I, this idea of like, yeah, the big announcement is it's uh, all it does is set you up for potential failure. Cause it's like, okay, we'll see, let's see what happens <laughs> uh, versus, Hey, I've been doing this and uh, I'm excited to share it. Now I'm announcing things that I'm doing. Um, but, and I think that that's okay too, but like the credibility comes for what follows. And I think with micro movements, you know, the big thing is like, we're recording this podcast right now. Like we haven't announced it yet, but when, when, and when it's done, it won't be like, Hey, we're going to make a podcast. It's going to be like, Hey, here's episode one. Right. Yeah. Like, so like, that's the difference. It's like, it's not like, Hey, like I'm going to, I wasn't talking about third shift entrepreneur. Um, my first announcement was, Hey, you can buy it now. You know, it wasn't like I spent a year talking about how, Hey, I'm going to write a book or Hey, like it's, I wrote it. It's going to get published. Or like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna create a podcast, or hey, I'm gonna create a course. It's like you'll know it when it's available, and then you'll either like it or you won't, you know. And 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 by the way, 
if you like it, it's because I've had people go through it who will tell me that they liked it, you know, and if they don't like it, I'm not going to put it out there. And so, um, you know, anyway, so micro movements, I think, take us away from this big dramatic thinking and bring us back to like a grounded reality of like, what's what, what, what can I do today from where I'm at? And full disclaimer, everyone, we've learned this the hard way. I think me and, me and Todd have both learned this the hard way, like coming out in front. Hey, we're going to do this. Then you're scrambling to kind of deliver on it and doing all that kind of stuff instead of just kind of like pacing it out. You know, that way, once you come out with you already got your battle rhythm down. And so, Todd, when I hear you say micro movements, I kind of think about just pacing. You know, mm -hmm. because one thing we don't talk about enough is entrepreneurship is such a grind. I don't care if you're a startup. I don't care if you're a small business, but it's like, it's not an overnight thing, man. It's like a marathon. And so some people come into a sprint and, you know, they make the videos and they change the LinkedIn. They tell everybody what they're doing. Then a month later, two months later, three months later, a year later. And it goes back to what you and I talk about with these incubators. You know, everybody's all fired up about it, but are we setting ourselves up for long-term? You know, how can we do this long-term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think sustainability is huge. And, and I'll give you an example of, uh, you know, I was talking to a woman who, um, you know, they're going through shelter in place and COVID and homeschooling and everyone's like losing their minds, right? So everyone's trying to figure out like, how do I, how can I be home with kids and what does this look like? And I was talking to this one woman and she's like, you know, I'm thinking of organizing like kind of a alternative school for kids in the neighborhood where uh, I'll set up like, you know, socially distanced kind of outdoor classroom type thing. And I'll kind of take what the teacher's giving, but I'll create a facilitated structured environment for the kids to, you know, learn and do their homework. And like, I think, you know, she's saying, if I can put this together in a way, like I know parents will pay. Like, I think parents will be like a thousand dollars a kid per month. Sure. That's a great deal to get them out of the classroom for four hours or out of the house for four or five hours a day, you know, assuming you can meet health protocols and blah, 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 all that. Yes. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, that, I, I totally see it. And so, but the thinking here's where we go wrong. Right. So then the thinking is why should I make a big announcement and sign up and enroll people? It's like, actually let's, let's take a, let's take a micro movement. First of all, like, do you even like doing this? How about you stay home and do this with one kid, your own kid? for four hours a day and see if it's hard, you know, or that you like doing it or like, do you have the resources you need to do it? Which sounds stupid, but I'm like, you know, does the Wi-Fi work? Like, what do you, you know, does it, what if it rains? Like just the simple questions that like, do it for your kid first and then do it for like another kid and then do it for like a third kid and do it for free, by the way, and do it for a couple of weeks. And then after that, you go and you're like, Hey, look, I've been doing this for Johnny and Susie and my own kid. And it's working and we're going to bring, we're going to open it up for seven more kids, you know? And by the way, you've already got, well, two customers, because if you're doing it for two other kids in the neighborhood, you know, in this kind of homeschool environment and it's working, like, why would the parents ever go anywhere else? That's like what we talked about, you know, last week, this monopoly advantage, like they're, they're not, they don't have other options. There's you and do it with you or don't do it. You know, but you're presenting something that's like, hey, I might want that. And you're the only person I know that's doing that, uh, which is homeschooling, socially distanced kids. And so I'm interested. And so, you know, you do it for a few folks where there's validation and then you open it up for more. 
And then like, and then you launch and you can even say, I'm only going to launch this if I get 10 kids and I only want 10 to 15. And like, you can pre-build a business that is guaranteed for success before you even launch it, you know, but it involves a set of micro movements and, you know, early validation, testing, making sure you like doing the thing, making sure you're good at the thing, having a few people do it for free. And then you kind of grow from there and you can do all that again, without, without quitting your job. I mean, four hours a day might be hard, but maybe you do it at night, you know, maybe you build your schedule around. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you can absolutely, you can de-risk a startup by just getting out there and, and doing this stuff. It can be like a secret mission. No one even has to know. I mean, it doesn't have to be on Facebook, frankly, in that, in that case, in some cases it does. And another important component of this micro movements thing is this idea of self-efficacy, right? Like I can deliver on the, the, the value I'm promising people. Because a lot of times, you know, we're coming up with these ideas. And again, it's a hypothesis. You don't know what you don't know. And the only way to find out is to get started. And so not only do your clients um, and potential customers have to build confidence in you, you have to build confidence in yourself. And this is one of the ways to do it is by doing it a little bit behind the scenes, you know, getting that micro movement going. And then that way, when you come public, you're like salty a little bit. You know what I mean? You got a couple clients, you got your back end system set up, ready to go. And you're just a lot more comfortable. Even with this podcast, man, I launched my first podcast like uh, in February, but I've been practicing a year. That's how I was comfortable enough to, you know, come on here and help Todd get going with this third shift entrepreneur podcast. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see, but you have to build your confidence up, man. It's so important. Yeah. And, and there's so much that we can do to kind of build our own internships and get, make ourselves more expert at the thing we're doing. I mean, let's say that you want to open up, uh, uh, you know, a, a brewery in your, in your town. we got a lot of, you know, veterans that are opening breweries. A lot of people are opening breweries. Like go and observe a brewery, go get a job at a brewery, you know, work, get, pick up a couple shifts, uh, sit all day at a brewery and, and ask everyone who's coming in like, Hey, where are you from? You know, like, get a sense as to what's going on. Uh, you know, put a map together. Where are the breweries? Like, you know, brew your own home brew. Sell, you know, put a note on Facebook. Like, hey guys, like I'm making my own beer. Like, let me know what you think. Um, you know, you can do all these things that begin to sort of move you into the space and give you an education that, you know, the long, the, the wrong time to learn about like, what's it like to open a brewery is when you announce that you're opening a brewery, you know? Like, can you go work on uh, for a brewery that's in the process of opening in a different town? You know, get into that process, get mentors that have done this. And there's, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do that, that we can validate for ourselves. You know, go to a restaurant that doesn't have a beer capability and be like, hey, would you pay me to build out like a beer portfolio for you? You know, make me your brewer. I think I think this restaurant would, you know it would be popular. I think I could add a lot of money to you, you know, so it doesn't even have to be about building your, your own business to start. It's just about what are these little things that are building our expertise, proving that we're good at this, proving to ourselves that we like doing it, proving that people want it. Uh, and it's in those micro movements that we really validate an idea. And, and that's like, that's the, the process of beginning a business, right? It's not just a big dramatic launch. It's actually, it's a discovery process more than it's a launching process. And I think that, you know, that's easy to forget. It's the sexiness, Todd. I think everybody kind of wants to look sex because it doesn't, like what you're saying just doesn't sound sex. You're telling me to home brew 
and then go to a little uh, marketplace, you know, was it farmer's market and sell my brew? That's not fun, right? Like I had to load my car up. I got to drive over there. I just want to go spend $200,000, take out a bank loan and launch my brew and tell everybody how great I am. I don't want to start small with a micro movement. I know. And you can do that, by the way. Like you can go spend $200,000, uh, probably a lot more than that and find out. And maybe it works, you know, but like there's a path that's available that's de-risking this, that is smarter, that um, gives us credibility. And by the way, if you want to go get a bank loan, right, at some point, if you need money, an investor or a lender is going to want to know like, but what makes you qualified, right? And so this question of like, well, what makes us qualified? The best answer to what makes us qualified is I've got people that already pay me for this. I've worked in this industry. I know this industry. I know these people. I know where I know day one how I how it's going to work. Um, I've answered all these questions, and and so answering all those questions creates a certain inevitability for yourself when you do launch the business that you know you know how it's going to go. And uh, we can do more of that stuff today. But yeah, it's not sexy. So it's not it's not dramatic. We don't get like tons of rounds of applause on Facebook. You know, it's it's uh it's the grind. Uh, but I think that's how. If you want to be successful, I think that's how a lot of people do it. That's how I do it. So as we close out this episode, Todd, can you give our listeners a tip that they can do to get started on that micro movement? Can you give them a, like something they can do right now to get moving with it? Yeah. I mean, let's so do the smallest possible version of the thing that you're trying to do. So if you said to me, why, you know, I want to launch a marketing agency, I'd say, okay, like why? Well, because I think that um, people don't, you know, do, I think more people should have podcasts that have a built-in audience that don't launch podcasts, but I, I could help them do that. Like my answer to you would be go find one person that you think fits that profile and offer to build them a podcast for free. Like you could do that today. It doesn't involve quitting your job. doesn't involve like making some big announcement about launching something. Solve that's the smallest version of that problem today. If you're like, look, I want to open a private school that offers a different educational model like go teach one child that new educational model, you know, like I want to open a restaurant that sells like better pierogies, like go make a batch of pierogies and sell them to a neighbor and see if they like them, you know, so find the, the small, the minimum viable product, the minimum viable experience. You want to open a nonprofit to help young people, you know, get into college, like go help one young person get into college. You don't need a nonprofit to do that. You don't need a big announcement to do that. You just got to go do it once and solve the problem once. And, and that's, you know, solve it at the smallest level. And then like the business will follow, but don't worry about the business. Just go solve the problem and see what happens. You may Todd, not even like doing it. Yeah, Todd, I'm still in your term micro movements. I already like the term micropreneur and I've been kind of rolling with that here in Newark. But Ooh, now I like that micropreneur. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm going to microbrewery. Add microbrewery. Yep. <laughs> Smallest thing, you know, but uh, now I'm adding this to my, to my arsenal. And uh, for our listeners out there, do us a favor, subscribe to the third shift entrepreneur podcast on iTunes, Spotify, whatever listening service you're using today, your reviews are greatly appreciated. Be sure to also visit thirdshiftentrepreneur.com where you can purchase the book, sign up for our newsletter and hear tips and pointers that will help you keep your day job while building your dream job. You can also purchase it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and other major book outlets. Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode where we'll discuss how to redefine and evaluate risk. 